This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Hello, Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, after the successful rescue of his friends and the apprehension of the criminals, Clark Kent turns to the Daily Planet office to learn startling and upsetting news. gang, this is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, uh, when you're about to get going on your bowl of Kellogg's Pep, it's kind of fun to think how many others of the gang in thousands and thousands of homes are, are just about to dig into those crisp golden flakes of whole wheat, too. And you know, every morning when they take in that first mouthful of catchy, brisk Pep flavor, most likely they're thinking just what you do, that Pep is super. Pep's terrific. Why, chances are they're all excited, too, about those swell Pep prizes. And the guessing which one of Pep's three kinds of prizes uh, they're going to get in their next package. Say, uh, how are you coming along with your own prize-collecting gang? Have you got all seven of those colored cardboard models of fighting planes? Might be one of your next package of pep, you know. Or uh, your next surprise uh, could be one of 24 new full-color bird pictures with a full description so that you'll be hep on these birds wherever you see them. Or it could be your next pep prize will be one of 18 bright-colored comic buttons picturing a famous comic strip character. Believe me, a, a whole collection of 18 will make a real show on your beanie cap or your jacket. So step lively, gang. Step right up and ask Mom to get you Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Then look for your prize inside the package. Now, the adventures of Superman. Trapped on a burning yacht far at sea, Batman, Robin, and Dr. Grayson, Robin's newly discovered grandfather, leaped into the water just before the yacht sank. Struggling in the cold, dark ocean in the middle of the night, they practically gave up all hope until Superman, who had picked up the trail from Alfred, their wounded butler, streaked through the night skies and finally spotted two tiny, struggling figures in the inky water. They turned out to be Batman and the unconscious Mr. Grayson. In an agony of grief, Batman told the Man of Steel. A huge wave swept Robin away a few minutes ago. I haven't been able to find him. I'm afraid he's lost, Superman. Uh Uh-oh. You hang on to Grayson. I'll look for him. Up and away! As we continue now, ten minutes have passed. 
supporting the unconscious Mr. Grayson, Batman treads water anxiously. And suddenly there is a great rush of wind and the blue-costumed Superman, his red cape streaming from his shoulders, booms out of the dark sky and drops into the choppy water beside Batman. In his arms is a small, limp figure. I've got him, Batman. Robin? Yes. He's about a hundred yards away. Oh, thank him. Robin! Robin! It, He's it, alive. He swallowed a lot of seawater and he's suffering from exposure. Got to get him to a doctor in a hurry. Right. That, that goes for poor old Mr. Grayson here. All right. Wait a minute now. I'll take Mr. Grayson under my other arm. All right. That's it. There we are. Okay, you latch onto my belt, can you? Right. Good. Ready? Let her rip. Okay. We'll go back to the Coast Guard base where I left Alfred. The hospital there. Hang on now. Up! Up! And away! <laughs> Uh, I mean, Dick. Don't try to talk yet. You've had a tough time of it. I'm okay, Bruce. Oh, hello, Mr. Kent. Hello. How are you feeling, Dick? Fine. Commander Skyler, the Coast Guard doctor, says I can get out of bed tomorrow. Oh, Why? Well. But listen, how's my grandfather? Pretty weak, but he's going to be all right. Oh, gee, that's great. Only we hadn't lost poor Alfred. Oh, relax, Junior. We haven't lost Alfred. What? No, Alfred's going to be all right, too, thanks to Superman. He is? But how? I don't get it. He was shot and the Batwood was shot up under him. Well, Superman picked him up in time, learned from him where we were, and, well, you know the rest. Well, I'll be... Boy, oh boy, is that wonderful. Oh, that Superman can play on my team any time. <laughs> How do you like that, Clark? Fine. I'll tell him that next time I see him, Dick. But wait, I forgot. What about that skunk, Paul Marsh, and the yacht captain, Skinner, who almost finished us? Did they get away? They certainly did not. But, but how? Bruce told me... Uh, I mean, he told Superman about them, Dick. Marsh, Captain Skinner, and the crew of the yacht are now in the city calaboose. Oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. No, on the level, Dick. Superman went back and picked up a launch full of bad boys after he brought you here. Marsh is sure to get the chair for shooting Eric Lawson. And Skinner and company will undoubtedly be guests of the state for a long time for sinking and setting fire to your grandfather's yacht. Well, strike me pink. Superman wrapped up all the groceries and delivered them CO2. <laughs> he didn't overlook a thing. Uh-oh, but I overlooked something, Bruce. Oh, what's that, Clark? I forgot I'm a newspaper reporter with a scoop story in my pocket. I gotta get back to the office, but fast. So long, you fellas. I'll be seeing you. So long, Mr. Kent. So long, Clark. And thanks more than I can ever say. Oh, it was a pleasure, Bruce. See you again. <laughs> That's that. Just in time for the noon edition, too. Uh, copy, boy. Hey, Beanie, on the double, huh? I'll take you copy, Mr. Kent. Oh, okay. See that the... Why, well, Mary Hennig, I didn't know you were running copy. Well, just today I was transferred from the... Hi, oh, what are you to... doing here, Mary? What? Where Mr. Kent called me? Oh, gosh, I oh, well, That's didn't... all right, Beanie. It doesn't really matter who... Oh, yeah, sure, little... it does. I'm a copy boy here, and I run your copy in Miss Lane's. Didn't I make that clear to you, Mary? Sure, Beanie. Uh, I thought you were busy, oh, so Oh, look, kid. Well, wait a minute. Cut out the squabbling and get this copy to a rewrite, man, but fast. It's a scoop yarn for page one of the noon edition. Oh, heavens, there's much time left. I know. That's why I'm trying oh, to... Oh, Mr. Kent, we'll make it. Here, Mary, rush this copy to a rewrite. On the double now. Yes, Go sir. Wow. <laughs> How does it feel to boss a staff, Beanie? Well, it's, it's quite a responsibility. Sure. Uh, running a department, I mean. Uh, you think, uh, Mary will work out okay as a copy girl? Um, well, 
Yes, I do. You do, huh? But that's confidential, of course. Oh, of course, sure. Wouldn't breathe a word of it. Mustn't let your uh, assistants get too sure of themselves, huh? Well, um, it ain't... I mean, it isn't just flat exactly, Mr. Kent. No? You see, Mary was... Why, you know... Yes, yes, I know she has a record for juvenile delinquency. But I think she's done a good job of rehabilitating herself. Don't you think so? Oh, yeah, sure. Then... Because we do everything we can to help her live down her mistakes by kind of forgetting about them, huh? Oh, gee whiz, Mr. Kent, I'd never bring it up on No, I know, I know, Say, uh, by the way, is Mr. White in? Uh-uh. He went zipping out of here just before you came in, running like a swarm of bees was after him. That's so. Yeah, Miss Lane, she was right on his heels, running so fast she couldn't even put her hat on. <laughs> That's odd. Must be a big story growing. Uh, Jim Olsen around? Uh-uh. He didn't even come in yet. I guess he's out on an assignment or something. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm going down to the lobby cafe for some breakfast. Call me down there if you need me, huh? Sure, you bet. Hey, Mary, what are you oh. doing in Mr. Kent's office? Oh, why, well, I... Well, I just shoved Mr. Kent's pencils and now I'm kind of tidying up his desk. Oh. Well, I'm glad to see you're on the job. It's that kind of attention to details that gets you places, you know. Uh-huh. I know. Hey, that's a swell-looking ring you got on. Can I see it, huh? Sure, Benny. Here. Gee, Lord. Hey, isn't that Superman on it? Uh-huh. See what he says on the band? Look. Superman Crusader. What's that mean? Oh, it means that I've pledged myself to be a good citizen and to crusade for tolerance and good sportsmanship and understanding. Golly, that's neat. How do you get one of them? Well, you... Oh. That's for Mr. Kent. Uh, shall I answer? Uh, no, you yell at me. Hello? Mr. Kent's office. Mr. Kent ain't here. This is Beanie. What that stupid switchboard operator and connect me with you for? I asked for Kent. I'll switch for oh, But this is Mr. Kent's phone. Sh- I mean, Mr. White. Then get off the phone and put him on. Oh, he ain't. I mean, he isn't here. Why not? Where is he at this hour of the morning? Oh, he, he went Never to... mind. Find him. Right away. You want to yes, see Yes, sir. Find him and tell him to call me back at once because Jim Olson's in serious trouble. Jeepers, Jim? What kind of trouble? That's none of your business. Now, do as you're told. Hurry. He went. Wait. What's the number where... Mr. White. Mr. White. Oh, gee whiz, he hung up. Well, what's the matter, Beanie? Jim Olsen's in very bad trouble, and i got to get hold of Mr. Kent right away. Face reflecting great concern, Beanie Martin turns abruptly away from Mary Hennig and dashes away to find Clark Kent. What has happened to Jim Olsen? Responding to Editor Perry White's urgent order to have Kent call him back at once, Beanie Martin located the reporter. Together, they have raced back to Kent's office, where we find them now. Did the chief tell you what kind of trouble Jim's in, Beanie? No, Mr. Kent. He just kept saying, find Kent right away and have him call me back in a hurry. Okay, I'll try... Wait a minute. Where am I to call him? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Well, where is he? Golly, don't you know? Of course not. Didn't he tell you where he was calling from? Uh-huh. Oh, great. What a sweet pickle this is. Jim's apparently in some kind of a serious jam. The chief needs my help, and I don't know where to reach them. Gee, I'm sorry, Mr. Kent. I should... Oh, this is lovely. Clark Kent speaking. Oh, boy, that's Mr. Whitehall. Sure, he told me you called, Chief, but how could I call you back when you didn't have sense enough to tell him where you were? Now, look here, Kent. You can't... Okay, okay, okay. Skip it for now. Where are you and what's happened to Jim? I'm at police headquarters. Police headquarters? Yes. And Jim's been arrested. Jim arrested? Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. The boy's being held on a very serious charge. What? Federal offense. The way it looks now, Jim's sent for a five-year sentence in the pen. Great Scott. Hold everything, Chief. I'll be right down. What can this mean? 
What can have happened to cause Jim's arrest on a federal charge carrying a five-year jail sentence? This is the beginning of a new and exciting Superman adventure gang in which Superman is called on to exert all of his great strength and cleverness to save his friends from a serious threat. So don't miss any of it. Tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's F. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent and Editor Perry White are shocked to learn that Jim Olsen, caught up in a seemingly inescapable web of circumstantial evidence, appears hopelessly doomed to serve a term as a felon. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, uh, do you belong to the 49ers? I mean, uh, are you in on the fun of collecting the 49 different top-notch prizes from packages of Kellogg's Pep? Well, if not, hop to it, gang. You'll find a prize in every package of Pep, the sunshine cereal. And there are three different kinds of prizes you may find there. For instance, you may find one of 18 different comic strip buttons, each picturing a favorite comic strip character. Or uh, you may find a colored cardboard model of a fighting plane, one of seven exciting plane models in the series. Or uh, you may get a beautiful full-color bird picture from a series of 24, each with a description to help you identify these birds in the air. Now, that makes 49 different prizes you can collect. And that's without counting Pep itself as the best prize of all. Think of the good eating fun in those crisp whole wheat flakes, all crammed with keen, catchy flavor. I mean, Pep's delicious, a prize dish if ever there was one. Yes, sir, a dish of Pep is so strictly terrific that in double-quick time, you've polished up every last bit in your bowl. 
So uh, speak to Mom about it today. Ask her to get you a supply of Kellogg's Pep. And make sure you look for the prize inside your package. And now, the adventures of Superman. After rescuing Batman, Robin, and Robin's grandfather at sea, and rounding up the men responsible for his friend's fate, Superman and his guys of reporter Clark Kent returned to the Daily Planet, where he received startling news. Burning up the telephone wire from Metropolis Police Headquarters, Editor Perry White told Kent... Jim Olsen has been arrested, and it looks as if he'd go to jail for five years. Hurry down here! In response to the urgent summons, Kent hurried to Police Headquarters, where we find him now in Inspector Henderson's office with the blunt-chinned Inspector and Perry White. The gray-haired editor is literally beside himself. Listen. How dare you even think Jim Olsen is a crook? Of all the crazy, ridiculous nonsense. Why, have you had even one tiny ounce of brains in your thick skull, Inspector? Chief, now, look here, White. You know Jim was innocent. You had even one iota of brains. Please, you, Chief, take you, it easy. We're not doing anything of the kind. Oh, I'm all the... it, White. Would you cut it out? I don't intend to take any more of this Inspector. from you. Inspector. You've popped off enough. No, popped too much. Popped off. Why, you, Chief, you, Inspector, you... both of you, cut it out. You stay out of this I camp. will not stay out of it. Apparently something very serious has happened, and all I hear is a lot of useless arguments. Now, quiet down, both of you, and tell me what this is all about. Well, wait till you hear what happened. You'll blow your top, too, when you know about this, 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 this policeman. He says that Jim's a, a counterfeiter. Jim, a counterfeiter? Yes. Well, how do you like that? I didn't say he was a counterfeiter. You had him arrested, didn't you? Yes. I didn't say he was a counterfeiter. He was arrested for passing counterfeit money. Passing counterfeit money? Yes. Well, how do you like that, Kent? But what? How? Uh... Well, here's the story, Kent. During the past month, there's been a steady flow of counterfeit money in Metropolis, and... Uh... And the police think that Jim is responsible for it. <laughs> think he's got a nice little printing press. Please, Chief, will you? Go on, Inspector. Well, we've been investigating. But until last week, we couldn't pick up a single leak. You see, the counterfeiters are extremely clever. Their phony money looks almost exactly like the real stuff. And so it passed along without being spotted until it got into the bank. I see, but where does Jim fit into this? Huh. Where do you hear? I'm coming to Jim. We've warned the storekeepers to keep their eyes open. And last week, uh, Saturday it was, one of them called us. A grocer over on Will and Elm Street. That's in Jim Olson's note. No, so what? Just because it's in his neighborhood? Please don't interrupt, Chief. Go on, Inspector. This grocer had accepted a $5 bill in payment for some groceries. When he examined it, he found it was phony. And get this. It was given to him by Jim Olson. I don't believe Olson gave it to him. The grocer was on the lookout, and he spotted it right away. He had his clerk verify it before he called us. Just the same. That doesn't prove the Chief. Wait. Look, Inspector, let's, for the sake of argument, assume that Jim did pass the phony bill. Just because he happened to have one counterfeit bill doesn't mean anything. It must have been passed on him. Right. And I'd be inclined to say the same thing, if there'd been only one bill. You mean there were more? And how. When we got this call from the grocer, I signed a man to Trey Olson. He caught him passing five other phony bills. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Four singles and another five. When we arrested him, he, well, he still had another phony $5 bill in his wallet. But that's incredible. Well, what if he did? You said the stuff was a good imitation. Now, why do you refuse to believe that somebody passed them to Jim and changed for a bigger bill and he didn't notice? Of course. That's what must have happened, Inspector. No, sir, that didn't happen. How do you know? Because Olson admitted he didn't change a big bill anywhere. He got hold of this phony dose someplace, and he's been passing it, knowing full well it was phony. And I tell you, he did no such thing. Of course not. He couldn't. He wouldn't do a thing like that. You know he isn't dishonest. Well, I'll admit this came as a great surprise to me, Kent. I've always thought he was a fine lad. Well, he is. You bet he is. But I suppose he was tempted by the prospect of easy money. Oh. Yes, as many misguided youngsters are. Ah, oh, stuff and nonsense. There isn't a dishonest bone in Jim's body. In my business, White, we judge only by the facts. Good Godfrey, this this whole thing is crazy. Uh, what are we going to do, Kent? Well, first thing is to see Jim. There's been a mistake somewhere, and we've got to find out just what happened. Where is he? In the city jail. Well, he won't be there long, I'll tell you that. I've got my lawyer on the way, and we'll post a bond. Any size bond. 
It'll make you look like a monkey in court, Inspector. Now, you mark my word. Look, White, off the record, I sincerely wish you were right. Believe me, I do. But I doubt it. Well, you'll see. All right, we've wasted enough time, Chief. Come on, let's go have a talk with Jim. Hi, Mr. White. Hello, Mr. Kent. I guess you never expected to see me in the clink, did you? Frankly, no, Jim, but... I'm sure it's all a mistake. Why, of course it is. And don't worry, boy. My lawyer's on the way down here now, and he'll have you out of here in no time. Gee, thanks, Mr. White. Oh, look, did Miss Lane take my mother home? Yes. Well, don't worry about her. She's fine. My mom, she took it pretty hard. I don't know what'll happen to her when, when my trial comes up. Easy now, Jim. We're going to clear this up without a trial, so stop worrying. You've got to help us. Me? Well, how can I help? You've got to tell us just exactly how that counterfeit money came into your possession. I, I don't know. Well, of course he doesn't care. If he knew, he wouldn't be in jail. Look, Jim, you told Inspector Henderson that since last Saturday, when you handed out the first counterfeit note, you hadn't changed any large bills. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right, I guess. You guess? Uh, no, no, I mean, that's right. Uh-huh. Now, you cashed your salary check at the bank Saturday morning? That's right. You remember how much money you had with you at the time, before you cashed the check, I mean? Oh, just a little silver. You see, I give my mother my salary. I just keep out enough for bus fare and lunches. So, by the time payday comes around, I'm always broke. See? Now, try to remember. Where did you go after you left the bank? I... I went back up to the office and finished the story I was working on. Mm-hmm. Then I went home. How did you go home? The way I always do. By bus. Did you change a big bill on the bus? No, I still had a little change in my pocket. I gave the driver a dime. I see, and you went straight home. Sure. Well, that is... No, not exactly. I stopped off at Schmidt's Grocery first to pick up Mom's order and pay the bill. And that's when you passed the first counterfeit bill? So they tell me. Well, then there's only one explanation. Banks don't hand out counterfeit money. So the storekeeper made a mistake. It wasn't you who gave him the bad bill. I wouldn't know. How about the four other storekeepers, Chief? They couldn't all be mistaken. Besides, Henderson's man checked on the bills Jim passed as soon as he left the store. Mm, that's right. I forgot that. Then hold Just a minute. Jim, when you got home from the grocery, did you give your mother the rest of your salary as usual? Sure. Well, no, not all of it. No? She told me to keep $10 and pay some bills around the neighborhood. What were they? The cleaner and the dairy and somebody else. Oh, yeah, the drugstore. Cleaner, the dairy, the drugstore. That's where the other counterfeit bills were passed? Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't know they were phony, Mr. Ken. Honest, I didn't. Oh, of course you did. We know that, Jim. And we're going to prove it, too. Now, look, barring the chance that you did get counterfeit money from the bank, it's one chance in a million. You must have gotten the money from somebody else. Someone you made change for. Now, can you recall... I didn't, Mr. Ken. You must have. Go on, think hard now. How about when you went back to the office from the bank? Did you change a bill for anybody? On the way or, or in the office, maybe? I... Uh, no. Sure? Uh, sure. I mean, I didn't. You're lying, Jim. No. No, wait a minute. No. Ken. I say you're lying, Jim. You're lying to cover something or somebody. You know where you got that counterfeit money, but you don't want to tell us. <laughs> His voice stern, Clark Kent makes a startling charge against Jimmy Olsen. Is Kent right? In Jimmy Olsen's cell in the city jail, Clark Kent, who has been quizzing the boy, has just said to the white-faced cub reporter... You're lying, Jim. You know where you got the counterfeit money, but you don't want to tell us. No, I... You're out of your mind, Kent. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, yes, I do, Chief. But but you're accusing Jim of being a, a criminal. No, no. No, I'm accusing him of knowing who gave him the counterfeit money. Somebody he's covering up for. Am I right, Jim? Well? Well, answer him, Jim. Tell him he's wrong. Why don't you answer? I... I... You what? Good Godfrey, don't tell me that Kent's right. Yes, sir. 
He is. Bless my soul. Who gave you the money, Jim? I I can't tell you. You've got to tell us. I can't. I can't. All I can say is it's not what you think. I'm not really a crook, but... But what? I can't say anymore. I I don't understand this, Jim. Why... Now, look, Jim. You're covering up for someone or you're afraid of someone. I don't know which. But you've got to tell us everything. If you don't, we can't help you. And the penalty for doing what you did is five years in a federal penitentiary. I can't help it, Mr. Ken. I, I can't tell you. You've got to. I can't, I tell you. I can't. Go away, please. Go away. His thin shoulders bent. Jimmy Olsen sobs, refusing to say more, while Clark Kent looks on frowningly, and Harry White shakes his gray head incredulously. What is Jimmy hiding? Is Clark Kent right? And is the young reporter in deadly fear of someone, someone for whom he is covering up? Jimmy faces a prison sentence of five years. So you can be sure that Clark Kent, who is Superman, will not rest until he uncovers all the facts of this baffling situation. But Kent faces a deep mystery, as he and you will find out tomorrow. So be sure to be with us then. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Hello, Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent pleads with a closed-mouthed, stubborn Jimmy Olsen. But the cub reporter will tell nothing to help clear himself despite the glaring threat of a five-year prison penalty for his crime. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, which is it? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a button? Well, you never can tell until you open your package of Kellogg's Pep and see which one of those three kinds of prizes you'll get. So, uh, every prize is always an exciting surprise. It might be one of Pep's 18 slick comic buttons. Picturing one of your favorite comic strip characters to depend on your beanie cap or your jacket. Or uh, it might be a model of a fighting plane, one of seven thrilling plane models in the series, all made of colored cardboard and easy to assemble. Or your next pet prize might be a beautiful full-color bird picture from a series of 24, each with a description on the reverse side so that you can name and know any of these birds around. And say, speaking of birds... You'll sure be an early bird to the breakfast table when Kellogg's Pep heads the menu. Because every spoonful is a treat in itself. Every bowl of Pep just about doubles the fun of breakfast. Yes, sir, you'll say that catchy Pep flavor is strictly terrific. So get going, gang. Ask Mom for Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, and look for your prize inside the package. Now, the adventures of Superman. 
great mystery surrounds the arrest of Jim Olson, Daily Planet Cub reporter, who has been arrested and charged with passing counterfeit money. Although impressed with the evidence gathered against Jim by Inspector Henderson's men, Editor Perry White and Clark Kent steadfastly insists that the boy is innocent, despite his continued refusal to admit that he knows where he picked up the counterfeit bills he was seen to pass. Kent, angered by Jim's stubbornness, accused him of lying, either out of fear or in an effort to protect someone else. But the boy, although obviously miserable, wouldn't talk, even when faced with the prospect of a five-year penitentiary sentence. Finally, White arranged for his young reporter's release on bail. And as we join them now, Kent, White, and Jim are in a taxi cab en route to the Daily Planet offices. Kent is still trying to break down Jim's silence. Listen. Look, Jim, I don't think you realize how strong a case Inspector Henderson has against you. I can just imagine. It's airtight. Backed with evidence that no judge or jury could afford to overlook. Well, don't you worry, son. I'll get the best lawyers in the country. Oh, we'll put up a defense such as this town's never seen before. And we'll make a monkey out of that hard-headed, flat-footed inspector well, if wait I... Wait a minute, Chief. Wait a minute. Stop blaming Inspector Henderson for this. He's not prosecuting Jim out of meanness, and you know it. Rats. If he weren't such a puffed-up stuffed shirt, he'd know a boy like Jim couldn't have oh. anything to do with dirty work like this. Chief. Thanks, Chief. Look, Henderson is not police inspector for nothing. He's a good policeman who knows his job. His job is not to judge. It's to protect public yeah. interest by arresting anyone who appears to be breaking the law. Oh, so what? So far as the police are concerned, Jim broke the law by passing counterfeit money. That's right, Mr. Ken, but whiz, I didn't do it deliberately. Oh, no. I didn't know those bills were phony. Of course he did. And Henderson, we know you didn't do it deliberately. Jim, I told you that before. That's why we're on your side. Why we want to help you. But we can't help you. No lawyer can even begin to prepare a case in your defense. Unless you tell us everything you know. Well, I... I did tell you... You haven't told us a thing, Jim, until you tell us where you picked up those phony bills. Jim, do you know where you got them? I... I... No. Jim? Well, I... I can't tell you. Why? Confound it, boy. Why can't you tell? Why must you be so stubborn? Honest, Chief, I... I'm not being just stubborn. It's just... Well, it's just that I... Here's the planet. Skip it for now. Stay off the cabby, will you, Chief? Jim and I are going up to my office for a quiet talk. We'll see you later. Come on, Jim. Yeah, Mom, I'm okay. No, honest. Mr. White got me out on bail. Huh? I'll tell you everything when I get home tonight. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, don't you worry, Mom. Everything's going to be okay. What's that? Oh, I'm in Mr. Kent's office. Uh-huh. I'll see you soon. Bye. Mother all right, Jim? Yeah, I guess so. Miss Lane took her home from police headquarters and stayed with her till just a little while ago. That helped a lot. Oh, sure it did. You know, you mean a lot to your mother, Jim. I know. I respect you're all she's got now, since... Yeah. There's just the two of us now. What do you think it would do to her if you were convicted and sent away for five years? Oh, gee, don't... Sorry, Jim, I didn't mean to hurt you. I know, but... Just the thought is... I know, I know. Isn't that enough to make you do everything you can to prove your innocence? Sure, but... Well, then suppose you tell me everything. Gosh, I told you, Mr. Kent, I can't say it. We'll keep it just between us. No one else need know where I got my information. I can't, I can't. Why? Whom or what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of anybody. You seem to be, Jim. And if you are, just remember, I can usually... Uh, well, contact Superman when we need him. And with him on your side... Gee was Mr. Kent. Not even Superman could help me out of this, I'm afraid. Why? Oh, just because. All right, if you're not afraid of anything. Henry Shielding. 
I... I can't tell you. Oh, now, look, Jim, I have no more use for stool pigeons than you do. But sometimes a fellow has no other choice. Particularly in this case, when your welfare means so much to your mother and then to your friends, the chief, Miss Lane, and me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well? I... Gee whiz, I want to tell you, Mr. Kent. I don't like being arrested and going through that bail business and the trial. Maybe... Oh, you know, doing a stretch. For something you didn't do. That's right. Particularly for something I didn't do. But golly, I... Yes? I still can't tell you. Why, Jim? Why? Well... Have you a good reason for shielding whoever it is? Gosh, sure I have. Think I'd be doing this without a good reason? No. No, I don't suppose you would. Can you tell me why you're shielding this person? Yes. All right. I'm listening. Because... Oh, because I'm not sure. You're not sure of what, Jim? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure I'm right about this person. I see. Well, isn't there something I can do to help you make sure? No. No, thanks, Mr. Kent, but I, I've got to... Hello, Miss Lane. Thanks for taking my mother home and for, well, for making her feel better. Oh, forget it, Jimmy. Gee, I'm so glad to see you out. Uh, uh, that is... You mean out of the clinic? Uh, that's right. You didn't think for one minute we'd let him stay there, did you? Well, of course not, Clark. It's just that, well, I hadn't thought about it, and that's where I saw Jim Lash and... Sure, I know. How do things look, Jimmy? Thought about where you might have picked up that bad money? Well, we were just talking about that when you burst in so unceremoniously, Miss Lane. Well, I do declare. Do you really? Don't you recognize the closed door to a private office when you see one anymore? And aren't we getting uppity now? Am I being chastised? You are. And invited to leave? Right. Very well, Mr. Kent. I'd be delighted. Just a thing, hey, What the... Now, wait a minute. What is this? Step aside, mister. Who are your friends, Clark? Where are your friends, lady? Come along quiet. What? Leap and listen. It's one of the police want Miss Lane. That's what I want to know. Come on, now. Let's don't have a row here. But, oh, now, hold on, officer. Stand aside, walk... young fellow. You're impeding an officer in the exercise What's of his going on, oh, Look, what's the meaning of this? I'm arresting this lady first. Arresting her? That's right. Now, Great please. Scott. Another member of my staff arrested. What, what is this, a conspiracy? Is someone out to wreck the daily planets? Are the police working hand in glove with a gang of crooks? Chief, wait. How dare you come charging into this... Uh, what, what, what authority do you bring into private property? If you'll only... I'll call Henderson. Henderson. I'll call the commissioner. The mayor. I'll break you. I'll have Hold you it, if it's the last thing I do. Oh, Peter, uh, Chief, stop it. Nothing doing. I'm a... Wait I'm a minute. A... Wait a minute. You first up blood us. Now, officer, what's the meaning of this? Yes, I demand to know what this is all about. Well, that's simple. I'm arresting you, lady, in the charge of that cab driver there. But what for? What did I do to that cab driver? I didn't forget to pay him, did I? Look, lady, you admit right in this man's cab? Why, yes, I think he's the man who just drove me here from the Olsen house. So what? Yes, yes, get to the point. You paid him with a $5 bill, correct? Yes, I had nothing smaller. Is that a crime? It sure is, lady. When the fiver is a phony. What? You, you mean it's counterfeit? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And how? I'm arresting you on a charge of passing counterfeit money, so come along, miss. But that's impossible, officer. It's just for Miss Blackrock, I got Inspector Henderson on the phone. Oh, my lawyer. Holy smokes. Now I know I'm right. Lois Lane protesting her innocence leaves in police custody. Only Clark Kent, who is Superman, hears Jim Olsen mutter to himself. Now I know I'm right. What does he mean by that? Lois Lane, second member of the Daily Planet staff to be arrested for passing counterfeit money, has been taken down to headquarters, accompanied by an irate editor, Perry White. Deep in thought, Jim Olsen thinks he is alone in Clark Kent's office. And he is startled to hear Kent say... Well, Jim? Huh? Oh. oh, Mr. Kent, 
I thought you went with... No, the chief didn't need me. He'll bail Lois out. Oh, yeah, sure. Got any ideas about this, Jim? What? What do you mean? Know who's responsible for Lois's arrest? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Who is it? The same one who passed the phony money to me. I see. Just a minute ago, Jim, I thought I heard you say that now you're sure. That's right. Good. Are you ready to tell me the truth? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you everything, Mr. Kent, so get set for a shock. Wetting his lips, Jim Olson squares his thin shoulders and takes a deep breath as he makes ready to break the secret he has been so carefully guarding at his own expense. Who is behind the arrest of Jim Olson and Lois Lane? Does Jim's admonition preparing Clark Kent for a shock mean that the guilty person is someone they know and like? There's a big surprise in store for you on Monday, gang. This exciting new Superman story really gets into full swing. So don't miss a minute of it. Be sure to be with us again Monday. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Come on, Pep. P-E-P-F. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents... The Adventures of Superman. Today, angered by an unhappy series of events, Jim Olsen breaks down and reveals to Clark Kent the secret he's been so carefully guarding. Hello, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, which is it? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Is it a button? Well, it's anybody's guess until you open your package of Kellogg's Pet and see which one of those three kinds of prizes you'll get. So, uh, every prize is always an exciting surprise. It might be a beautiful full-color bird picture from a series of 24, each with a description on the reverse side so that you can reel off the name of any one of these birds around. Or uh, it might be a model of a fighting plane, one of seven thrilling plane models in the series, all made of colored cardboard and easy to assemble. Or your next pet prize might be one of Pep's 18 slick comic buttons, picturing one of your favorite comic strip characters. And you'll be a, a mighty happy character yourself when you dig into your bowl of Kellogg's Pep, because every spoonful of these crisp whole wheat flakes tickles your taste with its keen, catchy sunshine flavor. Every bowlful is a treat. Every dish of Pep just about doubles the fun of breakfast. So get going, gang. Ask Mom for Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, and see whether the prize inside your package is a bird, a plane, or a button. And now, the adventures of Superman. Arrested for passing counterfeit money, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Metropolis Daily Planet, admitted he knew who had given it to him, but refused to reveal the person's name. Even when he was told he faced a possible five-year prison term, he still refused to talk. 
But when Lois Lane was arrested and taken away to police headquarters for giving a counterfeit bill to a taxi driver, Jimmy broke down and said to Clark Kent, This makes a difference. No, I'll tell you everything, Mr. Kent. It's set for a shock in just a minute. Asking Kent to wait, Jimmy hurried into the Daily Planet City room. And as we continue now, he had turned to Kent's office, holding the arm of young Mary Hennig, part-time office and copy girl. Listen. Jim, here, Mary. Come on. Come, come and you don't have to call me, Jim. What's the door? Quiet. Huh? Here she is, Mr. Kent. Why, it's Mary Hennig. Jim, you don't mean... Yeah. She's the rotten little double-crosser. Oh, no. I, I can't believe it. You can't believe what? Listen, what's this all about? Yeah, as if you didn't know. Oh, I don't... Oh, my arm. You're not going to get away. I'm not trying to get away. I want to know what this is all about. Let I... go of her arm, Jim. Look, Mr. Ken, I know her. She'll try to scram. Scram? Well, what for? What did don't I worry, do? Don't worry, Jim. Let go. Okay, but watch her. She's tricky and sneaky, too. Well, now, look, Jim. We keep her out of jail where she belongs because we believe she turned over a new leaf. But I did. We even give her a job on the planet after school. And what happens? She stabs us in the back. What? Now, wait, Jim. Mr. Kent, she's the same little crook she was when she was working for Al Vincent and Mart Higgins. When she stole those letters from our But file. I'm not, and you can't talk to me that way, Jim. Most nobody can. I don't know what this is about, but if you say I did anything wrong, you're telling a lie. Look, Mary, I... Suppose I... you're going to deny you asked me to give you a ten spot for a five-dollar bill and five singles last Saturday. Why, I... Did you, Mary? Sure I did. It's my mother's birthday, and I wanted to give her a ten-dollar bill. What's wrong with that? Uh, you'll find out. And do you admit you gave Miss Lane a $5 bill right here in this office last night before we all went home? Sure, I owed it to her. Listen, I don't understand this. What oh, the... no? I suppose you didn't know the money you gave me and the $5 bill you gave Miss Lane was counterfeit. Counterfeit? Yeah, bogus, phony, no good. Oh, no. Didn't you know that, Mary? I... No. You mean it was? Oh, cut out the ham act. Just Mary. a moment, Jim. Maybe she didn't know. I didn't. Honest, Mr. Kinsley. Oh, baloney, you knew all right. I was willing to keep my mouth shut when I got arrested because, well, because I was a sap, I guess. On account of you risked your life to help me once, and, well, I wanted to give you a break. But when you got Miss Lane in trouble, and she's the one who did the most to keep you out of jail, well, that's going too far. Easy, Jimmy. I wouldn't get Miss Lane in trouble for anything. She's been like a big sister to me. I wouldn't do anything to hurt you either, Jim. Why, I... Oh, don't give me that. But I wouldn't. I didn't know that money was cut. Fit honest, I didn't. You gotta believe me, Jim. You gotta... Honest, Mr. Kent, you believe me, don't you? Well, I... No, he doesn't, and neither do I. You're going to the reformatory this time, you little crook. Jim! Oh, but first you're going to give me that ring back. Jim, don't you're hurting my finger. Stop it, Jim. I want her Superman Crusader ring back. What for? Well, I was responsible for giving them out at Unity House. Mary broke the oath she took when she got it. The oath to be a good citizen and to practice tolerance. Oh. Well, let her keep the ring for the time being. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kent, but I can't. See, I'm responsible to Superman, and... Superman would tell you to let Mary keep it. Huh? Well, how would you know what Superman would tell me? I, uh... Well, I mean... Well, after all, being a good citizen also means not condemning a person before he or she had a fair trial. Right? Oh, sure, of course. All right. But Mary admits she gave Miss Lane and me the counterfeit money. Sure, but I didn't know it was counterfeit. I tell you, I did not... All right, all right. You've had your say, Jim. Now Mary can have hers. <laughs> Well, now, stop crying, Mary, and listen. Now, tell me, where did you get the money you gave Jim and Miss Lane? Well, I... It's rather unusual for you to have that much money, isn't it? Not when she's in cahoots with a counterfeiting gang, it is. But I'm not, I tell you. Don't you remember, Mr. Kent? Inspector Henderson said there's been a lot of phony money coming into Metropolis. All right, quiet, Jim. Where did you get it, Mary? Uh, I don't know. Unless... 
Goodness, I just remembered. What? Why, I'll bet. I can't swear to it, but it must have been. Must have been what? What are you talking about, Mary? Well, you see, Mr. Kent, Saturday morning when, when I came out of my house to go to work, I, I ran into Biff Morgan. Who? Biff Morgan, he... Well, when I used to steal for Al Vincent, Biff was in the gang of kids I worked with. I haven't talked to him or any of those kids since I quit the gang. Honest, Mr. Kent. Oh, I tell that to Sweeney. All right, for the last time, Jim, cut it out. Go on, Mary. You met Biff Morgan? Yes. He was waiting out in front of my house, and when I started to walk over to 3rd Street, get to the bus stop, and start swimming. Hiya, Jicky. Long time no see. Beat it, Biff. Hey, what's the idea of giving the brush to an old pal? Yeah, no pal. Get out of my way. I got work to do. On our way, Chicky. Don't call me Chicky. My name is Mary. Oh, excuse me, Miss Hennick. You want I should call you a taxi? Oh, you may be expecting your limousine and show. Hey, what? Boy, are you not funny. Sorry, I haven't got time to laugh. Got to get to the office so long. Oh, look, turn off the ice, Chicky. I, uh... Just showed up here this morning to do you a favor. Well, I don't want any favors from you, Biff, so beat it. Wait till you hear. Well, this is something good. Chance to pick up some easy dough without hardly any work. How nice. But I'm not buying any today, but so... But it's easy dough, kid. And hardly any risk to it. All you have to I'm do I'm not is... interested. Do you understand? Now, listen a minute, will you? This is the setup. Look, can't you understand English? You mean you don't want to make easy dough? Mm, now you're beginning to catch on. Oh, peddle your paper someplace else. I'll be a sardine. You sure don't sound like the chickie I used to know. Well, I'm not. I've learned my lesson. I'm going straight now. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't believe it. I heard you was beating your brains out of some newspaper every day after school. And Saturdays, too. And getting peanuts for it. I'm earning all I deserve, and I like it. Boy, what a sucker. Now, if you listen to I me... I didn't you want to listen to you. I told you I'll learn my lesson. I'll beat it. And the next time you see me, don't even bother to tip your hat. Now, wait Beat a... it, I said. Wait, will you? You've got a right to do what you want. If you want to be a chump, that's your business. No hard feelings, but, uh... Listen, remember last year when I got in the jam and you lent me ten bucks? Oh, forget it. Forget it. Nothing here. There's two fives, kid. Gee. Thanks. Much obliged, Biff. It's all right. Gosh, this comes in handy. It's my mother's birthday tomorrow, and I'll can buy something. Your mother's birthday? Huh? Yeah. Well, here's, here's five bucks more. Buy something for oh, me. Oh, no, no. I can't do that. Go Biff. on, take oh. it. You've done me lots of favors in the old days, and I got plenty of dough now. Take it. Go ahead. Well, well... And come to think of it, uh, I remember another time when you lent me five bucks way back. Oh, yeah, that's right, but so never... Stop being a dope. Oh, hey. You must have robbed a bank. <laughs> Not me. I know an easy and safer way to get sugar. And any time you change your mind, kid, and want to get in on it, just look me up. So long now. Got to be going. So long, Biff. Thanks. In Clark Kent's office in the Daily Planet, young Mary Hennig, alias Chicky, has been telling Kent and Jimmy Olsen of her receiving $15 from Biff Morgan, a member of the gang she formerly belonged to. Now Mary concludes... Bus at the estate of the Mr. Kent. Later on, I, I asked Jim if he could give me a $10 bill for a five and five singles. The money I gave him and the five I gave Miss Lane came from Biff. I never had any idea what kind of thing. Uh-huh. I see. Uh, it's a good story, but I'm not swallowing it. Are you, Mr. Kent? Golly, it's true, Jim. I swear it's true. Well, there's one way to find out. And for you to clear yourself, Mary. It, uh, it might be dangerous, though. Are you willing to take a chance? I... What do you mean, Mr. Kent? This is up to Mary, Jim. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Mary, 
What about it? I'd do anything to get Miss Lane and Jim out of trouble. And myself, too. Anything, honest. All right, come along, then. Where, Where are we going? To police headquarters. What? You mean you're going to arrest me? That will be up to Inspector Henderson. But you just said there was a way for me to clear myself. There is. I've got a plan. But Inspector Henderson will have to agree to it. If he does, you'll get a chance to prove the story. If he doesn't, I'm afraid you'll have to go to jail. Let's go, Mary. Accompanied by Mary Hennig and Jimmy Olsen, Clark Kent leaves for police headquarters. What is his dangerous plan? And will Inspector Henderson agree to it? Or must young Mary Hennig go to jail for a crime she swears she did not commit? Tomorrow's episode of our new story is tense and exciting, fellows and girls. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Hello, Pep. The Sunshine Serial presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Mary Hennig's story inspires Clark Kent to plot a daring and dangerous coup to lead to the very heart of the counterfeit ring. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, uh, getting up in the morning's no trouble at all if you could look forward to a bowl of Kellogg's Pep for breakfast. Because Pep is the doggone terrific tasting. Why, it's fun just to think about eating it. 
And then, when you do dig into those crisp golden flakes of fat, you enjoy the real thing, a regular fun feast. Yes, sir, I don't know anything I enjoy more for breakfast than that catchy full wheat flavor. That strictly pep flavor, meaning strictly super. And super is also the word for the prize you find in every pet package. Three different kinds of prizes. One or the other in every package you open. For instance, it might be a model fighting plane in colored cardboard. One of seven great pep model planes you can collect. Or uh, maybe it'll be one of 24 new full-color bird pictures with a description on the reverse side so that you'll know these birds in the air. Or it could be one of 18 bright-colored comic buttons picturing a famous comic strip character to pin right on your beanie cap or your jacket. So start collecting all three kinds of these slick pep prizes. Today, ask Mom for a supply of Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Now the adventures of Superman. When Jim Olsen, angered by Lois Lane's arrest for the same charge in which he was out on bail, passing counterfeit money, told Clark Kent where he had obtained the bogus bills, Kent could hardly believe his ears. The accused was Mary Hennig, 14-year-old ex-juvenile delinquent, who was working at the Daily Planet as a copy girl. Insisting that Mary had slipped back into her old habits, Jim told Kent she had passed off phony bills on him in return for legitimate money and had paid a debt to Lois with a bogus bill. Carefully, the girl protested her innocence, swore she was unaware that the money wasn't real, and claimed it was given her by an old associate in crime in payment for money she had once loaned him. Over Jim's protests, Kent elected to believe Mary's story. Then, evolving a plan to clear the girl's name and uncover a gang of counterfeiters, he took her with him to police headquarters where we find them now in the office of Inspector Henderson. Listen. I didn't know it was part of money, Inspector. Honest, I didn't. I took it from the Biff Morgan because he owed me money for a long time. Mm, that's a pretty thin alibi, Mary. Oh, but it's true. Honest, it is. Wait a minute, Mary. Look, Inspector, I know the cards are all stacked against this kid right now. And how? For one thing, she can't prove her story unless you can round up this Biff Morgan fellow. And even if we do, it doesn't follow he's going to admit to anything. So that still leaves her holding the bag. Right. But I believe she's telling the truth. Oh, I am, Mr. Kin, I am. And if you insist on booking and jailing her on this charge, well, she'll never have a chance. Because, as you know, she's on probation right now with a suspended sentence hanging over her head. I know that, Kent. Well, But there's nothing else I can do. Why not? After all, I'm just a cop, not a judge and jury, you know. Oh, sure, but can't you have a heart? Heart's got nothing to do with this. My job is to round up and arrest suspects and turn them over to the proper authorities for trial. That's right, but I still think... Now, this girl admits to having had counterfeit money and to passing it on to others. In addition to that, she's got a record. So that If I turn her loose, it'll mean my neck. And I'll deserve whatever I get for being an adulterated sophomore. Not if she helps you round up what is obviously a big, powerful ring of counterfeiters. Are you kidding? Not at all. Don't make me laugh. How could this kid help me do what my whole department hasn't been able to accomplish in two months of concentrated effort? I'll tell you how. I don't bother, Kent. But I... I'm too busy to waste time on any more of your crackpot ideas. Just give me a chance, sir. I'm sorry, Mary. And I'm going to book you and hold you for the grand jury. Then we'll decide. Oh, Mr. Kim, I knew it'd be like this. Oh, no, Mary, don't I cry. They're going to put me in jail. Oh, well, maybe not. Right away. I'm not finished yet. Inspector, will you do me a favor? Like what? Would you please ask the guard just to hold Mary in the outer office for a few minutes? Now, look here. I just, just want a few words with you alone before they take her away. Yeah, but I give you my word it won't take more than three minutes. Now, please. Well, this is against my better judgment. Thanks, Inspector. Would you sit prisoner, sir? Let's go, Mike. Take her out and wait in the outer office with her until you hear from me. Right. Come along, miss. Okay. Chin up, Mary. I'll see you in a few minutes. All right, Mr. Kent. All right, Kent. What's on your mind? Well... Now, before you start, I want to warn you, I'm not going to buy anything. I'll take my chances on that if you'll just listen. Okay. Shoot. All right. This morning when I was down here to see you about Jim Olsen, 
You told me your department was in an uproar about the huge sums of counterfeit money that are being passed in Metropolis. That's right. And what's more, it's so bad that the mayor and city council have demanded that we break the ring before the end of the week. Or suffer a shake-up in the department. And that'll mean a lot of heads getting locked up. It will, eh? Yeah. All right. Now, I'm offering to help you break this thing wide open. I think I know a way. The only way can be done quickly. Yeah? How? First, you've got to release Mary Henning. Oh, man, I should have seen that coming. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Inspector. There's a good sound reason for it. Nothing doing, Kent, and that's fine. Oh, please, Inspector, at least wait till I've finished. If you still feel the same way then, all right, I'll give up. Okay. Go ahead. What's your brainstorm? Just this. As Mary told you, she was first approached by this uh, Biff Morgan boy to work with him in what he called an easy money racket. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, since he gave her the phony bills, my hunch is that he's working for the counterfeit gang. You follow me? Yeah. Go on. Well, my plan is for Mary, who incidentally, I'm convinced, wants to keep on going straight, to contact Morgan, tell him she's reconsidered and wants to get in on the easy money he spoke of. Then she joins the gang and works undercover for us, eh? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That way she can find out who are the important men in the gang, and she can also collect enough evidence for you to crack them wide open and send them each up for a long term. Hmm. Well, sounds pretty good. Pretty good? Why, it's perfect, Inspector. It can't fail. If the girl's on the level. Oh, she is. I'll vouch for her. Do you, uh, you think she'd do it? I'm sure she would. She'd do anything to clear her name and to prove her desire to go straight. Hmm. Now... No, I'm afraid of it, Kent. Well, why? Well, it's too risky. No, it isn't. If that got caught or anything happened to her, I'd never forgive myself. Well, don't worry about that. I'll see that nothing happens to her. You will? Yes, that's right. Who in blazes do you think you are, Superman? Yeah, I mean, well, well no, I but I still, can still think it's too risky for the girl, and we'd better forget it. But, Inspector, you can't... Excuse me. Anderson speaking. Oh? Oh, yes, Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. Well, no, sir, not yet. Well, we're doing everything we could get. If I understand. Forty-eight hours. But that's important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I will, sir. Goodbye. Oh, all the ding-dong to What's up, Inspector? Oh, damn stuff, that's what? Forty-eight hours. Just two days. That's all they need me to break this case. Forty-eight hours or else. Miracles they want. Nothing short of You can of do it, Inspector. What? You can break that case within 48 hours if you release Mary Hennig and accept my plan. Oh, right, I accept. Well, but get this, Kent. What? If that kid turns out to be a phony, or if anything happens to her, heaven help you. Don't you worry. Just order the guard to release Mary to me, and we'll go to work at once. Are you sure you understand what you're to do, Mary? Uh-huh. I'm to tell Biff Morgan I changed my mind about that easy money. That's right. Join the gang, find out as much as you can about the big shots, and report to me. Okay, Mr. Kim. Not frightened, are you? Well, not exactly. Just nervous a little. Now, don't you worry about anything, Mary. Play your hand smart. Take no unnecessary risks. When and if you think trouble is brewing, you get in touch with me at once, one way or another. You got that? Yes, sir. Good. Well, I guess this is about as close as I can take you to the hangout without danger of being seen. Gee, I don't know how to thank you for this chance, Mr. Kent. Don't bother. I believe you deserve it, and I'm counting on you to do a good job. Thanks. And so long, sir. So long, Mary. Good luck. Driving off, Clark 
Kent leaves Mary Hennig standing alone on a street corner in the slum neighborhood where she is to begin a dangerous undercover job in an effort to clear her name. What will happen? Going directly to the hangout where she knew he would be found, Mary Hennig buttonholed Biff Morgan, the young hoodlum who passed the counterfeit money on her after vainly urging her to join her old friends in the easy money racket. As we rejoin her on the curb in front of a pool room, the young girl has just told Morgan she's changed her mind and has decided to accept his offer. Listen. I don't get it, chick. I mean, uh, Mary. Ah, go on. Call me chicken. I'm through with that sweet Mary stuff. Yeah? What's the pitch? Oh, I want to get in on that easy dough you were telling me about. How come you changed your mind so all of a sudden? Last time I saw you, you gave me a fast freeze and a quick brush. Sure, I, I know. You set me thinking. The more I think, the more I'm sure I'm a sucker, see? Go on, keep talking. When I see how I work my head off for peanuts at the newspaper joint, I figure I'm a sucker. That ain't what you said the last time. Yeah, I know. I told you I've been thinking, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, go on. Well, like I say, work my head off there and nobody's ever satisfied. They want blood for their few bucks a week. And then today, that was a clip. What happened? I made a little mistake. Nothing important. Added her wife. I uh, nearly snapped my head off. All the daylights out of me, so I quit. Uh, this on the level, chicken? Sure. Something I'd string you, do you? I don't know. You might. Oh, now, look there. It's kind of hard to swallow stuff like this after... Well, after the way you talked the other day. But I told you, you started me thinking. You made me see what a sap I was to work for buttons when I could make plenty of cabbage without beating my brains out. Chicky, you begin to sound like your old self again. Oh, I feel like it, Biff. Hey, what do you say? You get me in? Sure, sure I can. I'll, I'll take you to see the boss. Oh, gee, that's swell. But I warn you, Chicky, he's a funny smart apple, see? You can spot a phony a mile away, you get me? Yeah. Sure. So you better be on the level, because if you're not, well, the level will find you floating in the river. You understand? <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. Okay, kid, come on. Swallowing hard and gritting her teeth. Mary Hennig clenches her fists in an effort to stop her frightened shaking as she follows Biff Morgan to what may well be her doom. What will happen? Will Mary get away with her deception and learn enough about the counterfeit ring to clear her name? Or will the boss whom Biff Morgan spoke of see through her? All we can tell you right now, gang, is that Superman has really got a job worthy of his medal to perform before this adventure goes much farther. So don't miss a single episode. Tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Oh, my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me do something right here. Aha, uh-huh. it's the Loot Crate subscription box. Yeah, full of exclusive loot. Fun surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga. To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Oh, the Loot Crate box. What's with kids today, huh? 
Browsers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Dogs, pet. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark gets planned to round up the counterfeit racketeers, begins to operate as young Mary Hennig appears to return to her formal criminal habits in an undercover effort to clear her own name. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. Say, uh, you like birthdays, don't you? Because getting a present is always lots of fun. Well then, gang, you'll really go for the 49 different prizes you can get in packages of Kellogg's Pep. Sure, you'll get a bang out of all three kinds of those swell prizes. First off, it's mighty exciting to see which one you'll get in your next pet package. Maybe it'll be a bright-colored comic button featuring a favorite comic strip character, 18 and all to collect and, and to pin on your jacket or your beanie cap. Or uh, maybe it'll be a, a bird picture in gleaming color with a full description on the reverse side. You can collect 24 of them. Or uh, maybe your next pet prize will be one of seven colored cardboard plane models, a cinch to put together. Yes, sir, and that makes 49 different prizes you can collect from packages of Pet, the sunshine cereal. While all that time, you can be enjoying breakfast with those crunchy golden whole wheat flakes of Pet. Flakes that are golden toasted, all crisp and catchy tasting as you spoon them up. Mm-mm, is Pep a treat. So ask Mom to get you Kellogg's Pep tomorrow and look for your prize inside the package. And now the adventures of Superman. When Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane were arrested for passing counterfeit money, Jimmy revealed that they had received the money from young Mary Hennig, alias Chicky, part-time office and copy girl at the Daily Planet. Mary insisted she had not known the money was counterfeit and said she had accepted it in payment of a debt from a boy named Biff Morgan, a member of the gang she had once belonged to. With the reluctant consent of Inspector Henderson, Kent devised a plan which he hoped would clear Mary, and also lead the police to the counterfeiting gang which was showering Metropolis with bad money. Kent told Mary, Go to Biff Morgan and tell him you changed your mind about going straight. Say you want some of the easy money he said you could make, and get him to take you to the people he's working for. Mary approached Biff who promised to take her to his boss. As we continue now, the two youngsters are walking down a corridor in a shabby office building. Mary is acting as chicky, the girl she used to be. What's this office we're going to be? The reliable messenger service. Messenger service? You will run messenger? Yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, what are you giving me? Where did the soft touch come in? <laughs> You'll find out. Here we are. Oh. Well, what are you waiting for? Go on in. Okay. Hiya, Herman. Is the boss in? Yeah, he's in. Well, brush the hair out of your eyes and tell him that the Biff Morgan and Miss Chickie Hennig is here. Let's tell him, huh, Chickie? Yes. 
Sit down, Cliff. The boy's busy. Yeah, but I got an appointment with him. How long is he going to be busy? How do I know? Sit down and shut up or I'll sit you down and shut you up. <laughs> Some cheddar, ain't you, Herman? <laughs> I guess we might just as well sit down, Chicky. Who's this Herman character? That boss's assistant. Answers our phone and stuff. You know what he can do? What? He can tear a telephone book right in half. Oh, go on. That little one. I've seen him do it. He's got hands like a... like an ape's. And boys, he mean. Once, two of the kids, real big kids, got him sore. He picked one up in each hand like they were babies and held him out of the window. Wow. I think he would have dropped him if the pearly hadn't come in and made him pull him down. Cheapers. So don't ever get him sore. Oh, I won't. Say, who's this, uh, Mr. Pearly you mentioned? He's the boss of the joint. He's a... That's Mr. Pearly's buzzer. You two kids go on into Mr. Pearlie's office. Okay. Come on, Chicky. Uh, this is Chicky Hannock, Mr. Pearlie, the kid I told you about. Hi. Glad to see you, Chicky. Sit down. Thanks. Uh, Biff tells me you want a job. Sure. It's the right kind. What do you mean? Short hours, plenty of moolah. <laughs> you get the right idea, Mr. Pearlie. If that's what you want, why have you been knocking yourself out on that newspaper job? Oh, I was a dope. When Al Vincent and Mart Higgins got set up the river, well, they're the guys I used to work for. I know. I got cold feet. I decided I'd better go straight. Anyhow, till the heat was off. I can't take no more of that stuff. Working every day after school and all day Saturday and for what? Fifteen bucks a week. Peanuts, huh, boss? Sure. And who wants to live on peanuts? I'm no elephant. <laughs> that's pretty good, huh, Mr. Paley? Shut up. <laughs> Did Biff tell you anything about this job? Well, it's that there ain't much work or risk, and it's easy pickings. That's what I'm looking for. That's all you know? That's all? Well, I'll tell you a little more about it. I run a messenger service. People call us up to pick up railroad or plane tickets for them, or theater reservations. Now the truck strike is on, they want us to pick up packages for them at the stores. Uh-huh. Also, they want us to return the stuff for them sometimes and bring them back their money. Hmm. That's what I want smart kids for. To pick up the stuff for my customers, eh? Don't sound to me like you need smart kids for that. All they need is a pair of feet. And the way it works out, sometimes they need a fast pair of feet, huh, Mr. Pearlie? Keep your big mouth shut, Biff. But I just said that what... You talk too much. Well, Chickie, do you think you'd be interested in a job like that? What's in it? Forty dollars a week. Forty bucks? Hmm, not bad. What's the rest of the setup? What do you mean? Look, you know, paying forty bucks a week for a job you can get plenty of kids to do for fifteen. What's the gimmick? That's all there is, sister. I don't want the job. So long, Mr. Wait Pearlie. a minute. Nothing doing. I'm no chump. Some angle you ain't telling me about, and I, I don't go into anything with my eyes closed. Good girl, Chicky. You have got brains. Thanks. If you'd accepted the job blind, I wouldn't have hired you. I told you she was smart. I'll skip the flowers. I'm not born until I know what gives. Okay. Here's the setup. It's about time. Don't be sore. I was just trying out. Nothing. Some of our customers are uh, in trouble with the police. That's why they have us do their errands for them. Mm-hmm. So you got to be shot. Mm. If a clerk at a railroad station or at a store acts suspicious, looks at the money a long time, or stalls you, well, maybe he's calling the house, Dick. You've got to take it on the lamb fast, see? Well, I don't get it. Why should they look at the money a long time? You mean it's phony? Where'd you get that idea? Huh? Why? You said they might look at the money a long time. Why should they do that and, and stall me while they call a Dick? The money's okay, I mean. I didn't say they would. I said they might. Oh. In order to keep you around while they investigated the client you were working for, or to trail you. If they were suspicious of the client, that is. Oh, oh, I forget it now. Okay, Mr. Pearlie, when do I go to work? Right now. That's well. There's, uh, $260 in this envelope. 
Take it to the Eastern Railroad Station, to the reservation window. Give the clerk the money. He'll give you two compartment reservations on the limited to California. Two compartments on the limited? That's right. Right. It's all written on the envelope here. Bring the tickets back to this office, and I'll tell you what to do then. Okay, I'm on my way. So long, fellas. Hey, wait, Chickie. Look, uh, don't you want me to go along with him, Mr. Perry? The first time No, you... that won't be necessary. Besides, I got a job for you, too. Go ahead, Chickie. Okay. I get this. I want you and Herman to trailer. But you just said I you... didn't want her to suspect you, dummy. She may be all right, but I didn't like the crack she made about phony money. Hurry now. Get Herman and follow her. <laughs> Aware that she is being trailed, Mary Hennig leaves the shabby office building and rides the crowded subway to the Eastern Railroad Station. There in the huge, busy waiting room, she looks about her swiftly, then slips into the last one of a row of telephone booths and removes the envelope Curly had given her from her handbag. Carefully, she examines the crisp $10 and $20 bills, then inserts a coin in the phone slot, dials a number. Oh, I only Mr. Kemp there. Oh, Mr. Clark Kent, please, hurry. One minute, please. Hello? Mr. Kent? Yes, who's this? This is Mary, Mary Henning. Oh, yes, Mary. I'm waiting to hear from you. How did it go? Fine, listen now. I'm at the railroad station. I've got $260 in counterfeit money they gave me. You have? How did you now get they it? they gave me a job. Listen, can you get over here right away? Yes, of course. Where are you? At the railroad station. You'd better hurry. They expect me to come right back. But which railroad station? There are three in Metropolis. Oh, oh, I'm at... <gasps> Creepers, Biff and Herman. They must have followed me. Oh, listen, Mary, which railroad oh, station? Gosh, they're going to open the book. I've got to hang up. No, wait, Mary. Okay, Chicky. Biff. Yeah, we got you. Terrified, Mary Hennick looks up at Biff Morgan and the scowling, brutish Herman who blocked the door of the phone booth. Trapped in a phone booth at the Eastern Railroad Station while making a phone call to Mark Kent, Mary Hennick sees Biff Morgan and Herman, Mr. Pearlie's assistant, locking the narrow doorway. What are you two doing here? You didn't expect to see us, eh, Chicky? I, uh, no, I... Who were you calling up? Who? Oh, I, I was calling my mother. I suppose you were reading her the numbers of the bills in that envelope, huh? Oh, all these? Yeah, those. You were calling the cops, weren't you? The cops? Are you crazy, Bill? Oh, yeah? Listen, you... Not here, Bill. Come with us, Chicky. Wait a minute. Where you take... You'll find out. Now, come along. Don't try to scream or attract any attention or... You see this knife? Yeah. You try anything, you'll feel it in your heart. Come on. Pale, her knees like water. Mary Hennig walks through the railroad station between Biff Morgan and the ape-like Herman, not daring to call out. Meanwhile, Clark Kent, having resumed his true identity of Superman, has streaked across the city to the large Union Railroad Station. Hovering above it in the sky, he anxiously searches the crowd below him. Hundreds of people down there in the station. Don't see Mary, though. Wait a minute, that girl... No, that isn't Mary. Well, I'll try the North River Station, then the Eastern. If only she told me which one she was in. Away! Red cape streaming in the wind, Superman rockets across the city once more to the North River Station. Fortunately, not choosing the, the Eastern, where Mary at this moment is stepping into a car with Biff Morgan and Herman. What will happen to young Mary Hennig? Tomorrow's episode is packed with suspense, gang, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-F. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents... The Adventures of Superman. Clark Kent makes a desperate but vain attempt to stop Inspector Henderson from doing something which, as you will see, would be the equivalent of signing the death warrant for Mary Henning. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, gang, there's come on in just the sight of a dish of Kellogg's Pep at the breakfast table. Pep looks so crisp and sunny and golden that, well, you can hardly wait to pitch in. And believe you me, a bowl of tastes just as good as it looks. Those crunchy whole wheat flakes are crammed with the sunny, catchy kind of flavor that Pep is famous for. What Pep is called the sunshine cereal. Yes, sir, when it comes to brightening up breakfast, Pep's a terrific hit. And Pep's terrific, too, when it comes to swell prizes. Three different kinds of prizes, one or the other in every Pep package. Makes each prize seem three times as exciting because you never know which one you're going to get. For instance, uh, you might find a colored cardboard model of a fighting plane, and you'd be smart to collect all seven model planes in the series. Or uh, you might find one of Pep's 24 full-color bird pictures with a full description on the reverse side to, to help you know these birds every time. Or you might find a bright-colored comic button picturing one of 18 different comic strip characters to, to pin right on your jacket or your beanie cap. So get in on the fun, gang. Ask Mom to get you Kellogg's Pep first thing tomorrow. Oh, and here's another thing, a tip. Next week. I'm going to have some big news for you, so be sure you listen. And now, the adventures of Superman. Charged with passing counterfeit money, young Mary Hennig, a reformed juvenile delinquent and daily planet employee, followed Clark Kent's directions and contacted a boy named Biff Morgan, who had given her the money. Convincing Biff that she was returning to her former dishonest ways, Mary was taken to see a Mr. Curly, manager of what appeared to be a legitimate messenger service. Curly hired the girl and sent her to a railroad station to pick up some train reservations. Examining the money Curly gave her, Mary discovered it was counterfeit and immediately phoned Kent. But before she could tell him which railroad station she was in, she was seized by Biff and a man named Herman and taken away in a car. As Superman, he searched all three Metropolis railroad stations. But as we continue now, once more in his guise of Kent, he's at police headquarters where Inspector Henderson, furious, falls him down. Listen. You called me as soon as you heard from her. I had to throw a squad of men around each of the three stations. Couldn't take the time to call you, Inspector. I told you Mary was in danger. What do you mean you couldn't take the time? I couldn't Our take three the... railroad stations are miles apart. So how could you figure to cover them all faster than we could? Well, uh... uh Kent, sometimes you do the dumbest thing. Oh, now, look. But chances are this cheeky kid, Mary, is a hundred miles away by this time and laughing at us. Laughing? What do you mean? I mean she played you for a sap. And me, too. How? Well, it's clear she's working hand in glove with a counterfeiting gang that's flooding this town with bad money. Oh, no, you're wrong, Inspector. Nuts. I should have hung on to her. Instead, I let you talk me into letting her go. I ought to have my head examined. Now, wait, Do I... you realize the mayor has given me 48 hours to round up the gang or else? Of course I know that. It's my neck, Kent. 
Mary Hennick was the only lead we had to the counterfeiting gang. Right. And now that she's gotten away, I'm sorry. No, you're not. Finish washed up. Oh, ridiculous, Inspector. Mary isn't the girl she used to be when she was called Chicky. Uh, no? No. I'm as convinced of her innocence as I am of, of, well, of my own. Look, Kent, I used to think you were a smart guy. But that kid played you for a sucker. did And not. what hurts me is that I let you play me for one. Oh, stop that nonsense. Huh? Yes. The important thing right now is that Mary is in danger. Great danger. Nuts. She's giving us the Mary ha-ha, that's what. I only knew where to look for her. Look, Inspector, have you put out an alarm for Biff Morgan? Oh, naturally. We haven't been able to pick him up. Uh, he must have scrammed, too. I'm worried. We knew where Mary is. If I had just the tiniest clue to where she is. As Clark Kent, instinctively sensing trouble, worries fretfully about young Mary Hennig, the girl is herself trembling inwardly with fear for her life as she stands in the private office of Mr. Perley, manager of what appears to be a messenger service. Nice work, Biff. You and Herman did exactly right in bringing her back to the office. Yeah, that dirty little double-crosser. I am not. Listen, Mr. Shut Perley, Shut up, Chicky. I... Did you or Herman hear who she was talking to on the phone, Biff? Well, no, I didn't, but I'm Herman? sure... No, but it must have been the cops. It wasn't. I'm telling I you, I... think it was. Look, let me have her for a few minutes, boss. I'll choke the truth oh, out no, of her. No, don't touch Let her alone, Herman. But, boss, she... Let her alone, I said. Now, Chicky, come clean, or it'll be just too bad for you. Who were you phoning in the railroad station? My... my mother. Ah, baloney. She's lying, boss. Just... I'm not lying. I did call my mother. I I remembered. I I didn't tell the Daily Planet I quit or or my mother either. The Planet called up to find out where I was. The old lady might think something happened to me and call the cops. I I didn't want the coppers looking for me, so I... She's lying, boss. Just let me get the truth out of her for you. Don't let him touch me. Let her alone, Herman. Oh, boss. Cut it out. That's a smooth story you tell, Chicky. Oh, it's true, Mr. Perley. Honest, it is. Look at Why should I want to double-cross you? You showed me a way to make real money, and that's where I won. Yeah, ask her what she was doing with all the dough out of the envelope, and why she was looking at it when we caught her in the phone booth. Well, Chicky? Oh, that. Why, uh... Why, you I, say I, she I... can't answer. I tell you she Shut was up, looking... Shut How about it, Chicky? How are you examining the money I gave you? Looking for something special? Uh, I don't know what you mean, Mr. Perley. Quit stopping. What were you looking for? I... I was, uh, okay, I'll tell you. I didn't want to say this before, and I kind of, I didn't want you to laugh at me, but, well, I, you said there were 260 bucks in the envelope. So? Well, I never seen that much money before. No, all at once, I mean. So I, uh, well, I just wanted to see it and feel it, sort of. Is that so? I tell you, she's lying, boss. Look, if you'll just let me work on it. Oh, no, I told you the truth, so help me, I did. Maybe you are telling the truth, Chicky. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe it was like she said. She always used to be all right, Joe. Rats! Listen to me, boss. I say she's lying. You oughtn't to take any chances. I don't intend to take any chances, Herman. Mr. The Big Shot wouldn't like it if anything happened. Now. What do you mean? You mean you're going to let me take care of the boss? No, Herman. I'm simply going to dispense with Chicky's services. What? Oh, was that again, boss? I said I'm going to dispense with her services. She's fired. At least for the time being. Oh, now, Here, look Here's a five-dollar bill. Oh, but a I... A very good five-dollar bill, by the way, in case any of your friends are interested. That should pay for your work today. Goodbye, now. Oh, but gee whiz, why can't you give me another chance? We don't need you. Business is kind of slow at the moment. But you said you needed kids. Things have slowed down. If it picks up again, nothing happens to make me change my mind about you. I may get in touch with you. Goodbye, Chickie. Oh, but gee whiz, I want this job. Look at... Look at... I work for less dough. I'll... Oh, if you'll just Sorry, let me Sorry, Chickie. Goodbye. But listen, Go I... on. Beat it. Well, okay. 
that's the way you feel about it. Sorry, Chicky. Skip it. So long. So long, Chick. Boss, you gotta listen to me. I tell you... Wait, Herman. You wait in the reception room, Biff. Answer the phone if it rings. Okay, Mr. Fairley. Now listen to me, boss. Wait. Biff knows too much now. I don't want him to know anymore. Oh, but, but, but look, boss, we can't let Chicky get away. If he's waiting for the is, neither she nor they have a thing on us. We got the money back that I gave her for the tickets. Tonight. I know, but suppose she tips them on this joint and they come up they here. They won't find a thing except $100 or so in good United States Treasury money. Yeah, but they'll watch us. They'll quit the swellest racket we ever had. Why don't you let me get rid of her right now before she can get to the police? Don't you see, we can't touch her now. If she did call the cops from the station and tell them about us, and then something happens to her, they'd know we did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. I know you didn't. But don't think I'm going to let Chicky get away if she is working with the cops. Yeah, but you should... Shut up and listen. I said we can't touch Chicky now. Not till she's checked in safely at her home or police headquarters or someplace. After leaving us. Now then, if the police show up here, we'll know she tipped them off. Then, to make sure she can't testify against us in court, we'll get her. How long do you think we'll have to wait to find out? Not long. If the cops do show up, it ought to be today. Then right after they leave, we'll find Chicky and finish her. Learning of the Daily Planet that Clark Kent was at police headquarters, young Mary Hennig hurried there. Now, in Inspector Henderson's office, she has just finished telling Kent and Henderson her story. Well, Inspector, do you still think Mary is working with the counterfeiters? Uh, I don't know, Kent. This could be a trick to throw me off the track. Oh, no, it isn't a trick, Mr. Inspector. Honest. Of course not. Well, I'll find out within the next half hour. What do you mean? There's a moment. Yes, Inspector? Fine, Sergeant Haley and send him in here. Yes, sir. What do you mean you'll find out within the next half hour, Inspector? I'm going to raid that messenger service what? and find out if that is where the phony money is coming from. Oh, great, Scott, you can't do that. What do you mean I you can't? You'll sum up the whole works because this fellow Pearlie is suspicious of Mary. That's why he fired her. So what? So now he's expecting her to go to the police. And with a raid, you'll tip him off that you suspect him. Once you do that, you'll never get the goods on him and the people behind him. You recall Mary said he mentioned a big shot? That's right, he did. What we've got to do is make Pearlie believe he was wrong about Mary. Quiet his suspicions and then her back to him. Nothing doing. But I... I bought your plan before, Kent, but I'm not buying this one. But, Inspector, the only... Kent, I've got 46 hours left in which to clean up this counterfeiting racket. And nothing's going to stand in my way. Huh. If Pearlie is our man, as Mary says, I'll get him and I'll get his gang. But you won't. You'll if only get... Pearlie the... is in the clear, then I'll know Mary is giving us the runaround. Oh. And I have suspect she No, gets. Inspector, I'm telling you the truth. Anyhow, from... In, I'm doing this my way. Oh, please listen, Inspector. I tell you, you're making a big mistake. Well, if I it's my responsibility. I don't think so. You want me, Inspector? Yes, Healy. We're going to make a little call on an outfit called the Reliable Messenger Service. Please, Inspector, wait just a minute. Get Let's out of my way, Ken. But... Let's go, Healy. Trusting Clark can't decide. Inspector Henderson leaves his office bound for the Reliable Messenger Service. Unaware that this raid pronounces a death sentence for Mary Hennig. For, as Pearlie told his assistant, the eight-pick Herman... If the cops do show up here, it ought to be today. If and when that happens, we'll find you. What will happen? Especially since even Clark Kent, who is Superman, does not know that if Henderson goes through with the raid, Mary Hennig's life will be forfeit. Tomorrow's episode is packed with suspense and action, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC 
comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Superman and Clark Kent unwittingly places the unsuspecting Mary Hennig squarely in the path of a violent death. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, uh, you're collecting those swell pet prizes, aren't you? The model planes, the full-color pictures of birds, or, or comic buttons to pin on your jacket or your beanie cap? Well, by now, you must have quite a flock of them, because, of course, there's a prize in every single package of pep you open. And they sure are swell prizes, all three kinds. For instance, in your next package of Kellogg's Pep, the Sunshine Cereal, you may find a colored cardboard model of a famous fighting plane, one of seven in the great Pep Air Fleet. Or uh, you'll find one of 24 beautiful color pictures of birds with a full description so you can identify these birds anywhere. Or you'll find one of a grand series of 18 colored comic buttons with characters straight out of the funnies, just as if Pep's golden crispness and, and sunny flavor weren't a prize all to themselves. Why, Pep's so strictly terrific tasting that a bowl of those crunchy golden whole wheat flakes makes breakfast a regular fun feast. You get that catchy Pep flavor and bingo! Your spoon just naturally dips down in your bowl for more. So ask Mom to get your supply of Kellogg's Pep tomorrow first thing. And say, gang, next week I'm going to have some terrific news about something that you're going to want to have. So don't miss Superman. And now the adventures of Superman. Faced with a long prison term and the charge of passing counterfeit money, young Mary Hennig, reformed juvenile delinquent and part-time employee of the Daily Planet, undertook a dangerous mission in an attempt to prove her innocence. Pretending to have returned to her former dishonest ways, Mary sought employment in a messenger service conducted by a man named Pearlie, one of whose boys had given her the counterfeit money. But the girl incurred Pearlie's suspicion when she telephoned Clark Kent, and as a result, was fired. Despite Kent's objections, Inspector Henderson insisted on raiding Pearlie's office. Not knowing that Perry had told a henchman. If the cops raid this place, we'll know the Henny kid tipped them up. And we'll get her before she can testify against him. As we continue now, unaware that he is about to sign Mary's death warrant, Inspector Henderson is in a police car with Sergeant Healy, en route to Pearlie's office. Listen. You figure this Pearlie guy's putting counterfeit money around through these messenger cases, is that it, Inspector? Well, that's what Mary Henny says here. And if she's lying, she'll go up for a long stretch. He's on probation now, you know. Yeah. Well, I sure hope this trip pans out. You see the afternoon papers? Uh-huh. How do you like that, Mayor? Giving us 48 hours to get those counterfeiters. How does he get that way? Doesn't he know we've been breaking our necks for weeks trying to find that gang? I don't know. But this may be the payoff at last, Timmy. I sure hope so. Imagine Clark Kent trying to talk me out of this race. Can't you? Why? Oh, just one of his cockeyed notes. Hey, look out, Healy. In front of you, Damn. Look, Inspector, it's, it's... It's Superman. Sorry to startle you gentlemen, but this is urgent. Well, I'll be hanged. It is Superman. Right. Mind if I get in? I'll attract too much attention standing in the street. No, no, no. Come on in. Come in. Thanks. 
What's the idea? I'll be brief, Inspector. I just looked over Mr. Pearlie's office, the reliable messenger service. You have? Why, well, that's where we were going. Oh, you were, but I can save you a lot of trouble. My search proved there is no counterfeit money in Pearlie's office, nor is there any equipment for making money. There isn't? No. But Take my word for it. My hunch is that Pearlie suspected Mary Hennig might tip you off, and he cleaned out all the evidence in anticipation of a visit from you. Why, that's what Clark Kent said. Listen, Superman. What? How did you know about Pearlie and Mary Hennig? Why, uh, Kent contacted me a few minutes ago. Oh, Kent did. He said he was sure Pearlie would expect you and suggested that your raid would only drive him and his associates undercover so that you'd never get the goods on. Eh, but that's Please, a lot don't I don't think I'm trying to tell you how to run your department, Inspector. But if you'll take my advice, you'll go back to your office and listen to Kent. He has a plan to suggest, which I think might work. Well, if you say so, Superman. Thanks, Inspector. I don't think you'll regret it. I've got to be going. Oh, uh, thanks for the assist. Don't mention it. Good luck. Up and away! Well, if you can sell your idea to Superman, Kent, I guess the least I can do is listen to it. Thanks, Inspector. Here's what I have in mind. First, we've got to get Mary Hennig back into Pearlie's good graces so she can go on with what she started. Uh-huh. Then, when she finds out where he gets his phony money and who are the people higher up, you swoop down on them and break the ring. Yeah, that sounds good. But how are we going to do it? You know Pearlie fired Mary because he's suspicious of her. Yes, I know, but I want you and Healy to pull a little raid on Pearlie. A friendly raid, so to speak. Are you nuts, Kent? What? You did your best to talk me out of a raid and... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me explain, Inspector. The idea is for Mary to... Reliable messenger service. Pearlie speaking. Hello, Mr. Pearlie. This is Mary Hennig. Who? Mary Hennig, you know. Chickie. Oh. Look, kid, I told you I'd call you when I wanted you. So don't bother calling me. Wait, Mr. Pearlie. I'm downstairs, see? In the lobby. I don't care where you are. I'm busy now. Wait, will you? I just saw Inspector Henderson. You saw who? Inspector Henderson. Who's on my way in to see you to ask for my job back. And I saw him get out of his car with another cop. I know him, and I cut out the time I got arrested. You saw him get out of his car where? He did, huh? Yeah. You're right on their way up to the elevator now. I thought I'd better tip you off in case. Much obliged, kid. Maybe you'll hear from me later. Well, Inspector, are you satisfied there's no counterfeit money on my premises? Or do you want to rip up the carpets? No, I don't think that'll be necessary, Mr. Furley. Looks like this is the wrong steer. Sorry to bother you. That's all right. But I'd like to know why you picked on my place. Why? A legitimate messenger service. Oh, I'm sure you do. But you've probably read in the papers about a counterfeiting gang operating in Metropolis. Why, yes, I have. But... Well, two youngsters who tried to pass counterfeit money in a department store were traced to this neighborhood. Yeah. They got away, but we've been keeping a lookout for them. Now, a lot of youngsters were seen coming in and out of this building, so we investigated. Discovered there was a messenger service here. We just popped in for a chance, that's all. I see. Well, I won't bother you again, sir. Sorry I did this time, but you know how it is. Police can't afford to overlook anything. Sure, I know. There's no hard feelings, Inspector. Good. So long, Mr. Pearlie. Come on, Hugh. Goodbye, Inspector. <laughs> the dope. Okay, Herman. You can start making like a bookkeeper. They're gone. Dirty cops. I hate them. Oh, you hate everybody you want self with. No, I don't hate you, boys. <laughs> Good thing you don't find a knife in my ribs. But you got to admit you were wrong this time. About what? About that chicky kid. You were sure she was working with the cops. And I still say she is. Are you nuts? I told you she tipped me off. Henderson was coming here. Yeah, I can't figure that out. But I still say she's a double-crosser, and I can tell, boy. Never mind. Come on, now. we got to work fast. Work at what? Packing. we got to move out of this place. Move? Why? Why? Because of the cops, you dope. They were here once, and they might come again. 
especially if they're watching this neighborhood. Oh, you don't mean we're going to... No, we're going to a different neighborhood, that's all. Also, I'll have to build up a whole new organization. New kids. We can't take any chances. We don't know which two kids the cops spotted and trailed. Uh, Maybe it was that uh, Biff Morgan kid. You better get rid of him anyhow. He knows too much. Biff's all right. He's the only one I'll keep. Him and Chicky Henny. Chicky? Oh, no, you don't want her, boy. She's a double-crosser, I tell you. Uh, all the stubborn guys. Didn't she just prove she was okay? Uh, not to me, she didn't. Listen, boss, that kid is poison, I'm telling you. And I'm telling you, you're all wet. She proved she can be depended on. And what's more, she's smart. Now, come on, start packing. Oh, boss, please listen to me, will you? Don't have nothing to do with that chicky kid. I won't let you. You won't let me. Since when are you giving orders? I know what I'm talking about. You don't know your ear from your elbow. Shut up now and get to work. We gotta move fast. The big guy says he turned out a big print run of a lot of hot money. We gotta get rid of it. Fast. Hello? Is that you, Chicky? Oh, yeah. That's Mr. Perry? Never mind the name. Did I wake you up, kid? Oh, me? Nah, I don't go to sleep so early. Uh, what's on your mind, Mr. Perry? No names, I said. Listen, kid. Making some fast changes. I got a special job for you. There's real dough in it for you, too. Are you interested? Am I? And how? Just give me the chance. That's the way to talk. Okay, get this. You know where the Adams Hotel is on 4th Street? Sure, sure I know. All right. Meet me there in a coffee shop. Right away. You bet. I'll be right over. Pressing hurriedly, very heading leaves the small apartment, moving quietly so as not to awaken her mother and younger brother and sister. What is the special assignment which Pearlie has for her? And what further trouble will it lead her into? Due to the successful operation of Clark Kent's plan, Mary Henning is once more back in the good graces of Mr. Pearlie, who summoned her to meet him in a coffee shop late at night. As we rejoin her now, Mary has just left the hall of her tenement building and is walking up the dark, deserted street to the bus line three blocks away. She does not look behind her. But even if she did, it is doubtful if she would notice the dim, stooped figure of Herman, Pearlie's ape-like henchman. Slips noiselessly behind her, keeping in the thick shadows of the tenements overhung with rusty fire escapes. Grasped in one of Herman's huge hands is the bone handle of a long, thin knife, the blade of which is hidden in his sleeve. His thick, loose lips move as he mumbles to himself. Boss wouldn't listen to me. But I know. This kid's a double-crosser. And I gotta get rid of her so she can't get us into no trouble. Closer, Herman approaches behind the unsuspecting Mary. Closer. Now only a half dozen paces behind her. He slips the knife out of his sleeve and it gleams in the pale moonlight. As Mary, still unconscious of her danger, walks unconcernedly on. Has Mary Hennig, seeking to clear her name and avoid a prison sentence, only succeeded in stepping into a death trap? Oh, and what can save the young girl now? Monday's thrilling episode tells the story, gang. So don't miss it. Tune in Monday, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts 
or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!